You're listening to The Power of Video Podcast, episode number 69. Today's guest is going to share her story as a content creator with Spina Bifida. Now, if you were to log on to her Instagram, everything looks great, it's all polished, looks amazing, but it wasn't always like that. She opens up about how she was homeless at one point, how she was super depressed, and how she attempted to take her own life. Now, I promise this story has a happy ending because she gives some very humbling advice if you are just going down that dark path. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by a disability advocate, content creator, and the founder of Adaptive Beauties, Misty Diaz. How's it going? It's going great. I'm so grateful to be able to talk today. We are just going to jump right in, though. But so how did you get I know you're out in L.A. doing your thing. You do a little bit of commercial acting. You do some modeling and you do a lot of content creation for TikTok, Instagram, things like that. How did you get started in all this? Um. So that is <laughs> that's a great question. So I I'm going to backtrack a, a, a lot. Here. Sure. Um. So I was actually working in the hotel industry. I was working in the hotel industry. I was working at a hotel for about four years. New management came in and they got one good look at your girl. And they're like, she has a disability and she's been here for a couple of years. And we don't like that. We have to make certain accommodations. Now, mind you, this was like eight years ago, nine years ago, like, I wasn't like, let me take a picture. Let me at this hotel. Let me find out on LinkedIn who is, you know, and then tag them. Like, it, it wasn't like that. Um, it was barely starting to evolve into what, you know, social media now. But, um, you know, I, I show up and I'm immediately fired. And uh, it was for like the most bogus reason of something I never did. Um, I didn't find out till years later that it was actually my manager who was stealing money and she put it on me. And I didn't know that. What? <laughs> yeah, it was actually my manager that was that was uh, stealing money and she ended up getting fired. And I mean, they basically came back and were like, oh yeah, we're kind of sorry. But it was like in an email type of thing. Like he was never like directly like, hey, could you come back to, to this hotel? Like, we'd like to talk to you. It was like, we, we took this off your record. Like, it was just really crazy. Um, so I, I was jobless and, uh, I was really happy though. It was weird. I was in the parking lot and I was wearing this God awful red shirt and that was my work uniform. And I have always worked, you know, um, I have a severe disability, which is spina bifida, which happens from birth. And, you know, I use forearm crutches. I wear leg braces. Um, so there's different obstacles with that, but I've always worked. I've always been really independent. I've always been really outspoken. And um, I just was like, I took off the red shirt, left it on the ground, got in my old freaking, I had an old uh, Mazda 6 uh, that was hanging on for dear life. And I left it there by the tire. I drove off and I went to my studio apartment in Long Beach at the time. And I was like, okay, like, what am I going to do? And I had just kind of started like getting into exercise 
I was getting into exercise. I had, you know, come out of a horrible relationship like seven months prior. I had just had, you know, I'm going to say like eight months prior, my 28th operation. So I was still like really fresh, really like confused. Um, but it was really, I was really happy that I lost a job. I just didn't know what I was going to do for income. Um, but I really kept up with my mental health and I really kept up with my fitness. And that fitness, that oppor- the opportunities started presenting themselves because I started reaching out to brands. Um, there was like a race in Seal Beach at the time and your girl was broke at $35 to enter this race. And I remember going on online and Googling who the race director was. And nine times out of 10, these races will have a direct contact. I emailed him a picture and I was like, would you please sponsor me? So basically I put them on the spot (laughs) and uh, I did that with numerous, you know, like 5k walks and then they eventually turned into races and then people started kind of just noticing, Hey, Misty's at this race. I started getting invited to this, but how I made money um, in the beginning was I was just like working. um, I was uh, collecting unemployment at the time. So I was like just making enough on top of, uh, you know, having a disability. uh, I was collecting um, state state money. Uh, So I was like barely like and I had only this much time frame for unemployment. So I didn't really have to go out and go get like a nine to five job like I was like right here. Um, and it just evolved. Like races would then start contacting me wanting to know if I was going to come. And then brands would be, you know, at the festival area. Once you finish a, you know, a race, there's like, you know, you have a beer, you have like all these free, you know, free things, um, you know, all like these, these booths set up, uh, with advertising, you know, their company and their brand. So instead of getting their merchandise and stuff and buying stuff because I was broke. I was like, hi, do you have a direct contact? Like, do you have a business card? And I would collect them. And then I, later on, I would start emailing them. And, hustling. <laughs> yeah. Straight and, hustling. Was, <laughs> that was what I would do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you just unpacked like a ton of stuff real yeah. quick though. Just by any chance, I know you couldn't blast out that hotel that fired you for that obscene oh, no, reason. <laughs> oh, could you say who it is? Yeah, I just didn't know if you wanted me to. Yeah, it was the Queen Mary okay. in, uh, in Long Beach. Um, I was hired originally by a gentleman named Michael. And if I ever meet him again, I just want to thank him so much. He, I remember going into that interview. They did not know I had a disability. They had no idea. I mean, what is it going to say on my resume? Hi, my name is Misty Diaz and I have a disability. Will you please hire me? No, it's not going to say that. You're going to see my disability right when I walk into that hotel and I'm asked to go into this room where they're giving interviews. And the expressions that people have, because I worked my entire life, 16, first job was Target. I was on a work permit for school. My grades had to be up in order for me to work at 16. Like, <laughs> so, um, it's like the system is crap enough. It's like, why? Here, here's here. Let's just make it a little crappier for you. Here you go. You're welcome. So, right. So he, but he didn't have that reaction. He was like, let's get into this interview. How are you today? There was no like pause. There was no delay of like, oh, shit, she's got a disability. Great. 
okay, let's just give her the interview and, you know, thank you for coming. Cause that's what would usually happen. And, uh, I said something about his dog. <laughs> there was like a picture on his, on his thing. I was like, Oh, I have a Lola. And our personalities were just like, and like later, I think the next day he was like, you got the job, but his new, new management came in. His name was Paul. Um, and, uh, short, short, shorter dude. And he did not like uh, certain bathroom accommodations. And he did not like that. I, he just didn't like certain accommodations Yeah, and he would get like really, really irritated. And then there was like $20 missing from like a drawer one time. And I, I told him straight out, I was like, Paul, if I'm going to, if you think I'm stealing money, don't you think I would steal more than $20? Yeah. <laughs> You it's like, it's not that. even worth it. If you get yeah. caught, I used to work at a bank and something like that would happen. Like $40 would go missing. And they're like, immediate, like the immediate reaction is like, you stole it. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm not going to jail over 40 bucks. Like, yeah. what am I going to do with it? And it's just like little things were adding up. And it was like in such a short time. And then I went to HR about um, something that happened with the maintenance worker and they didn't like that I spoke up about some appropriate inappropriate behavior because he had been there for years. And once I spoke up, I mean, again, this was before, let me get a hashtag. Mm -hmm. This was like right when things were starting to kind of like change. Um, and yeah, it was like between the $20, between the speaking up about the main sky, between like making my bathroom accommodations. It was just like, Boom. One thing after the other. Yeah. And it's funny what a lot of people don't realize as well as HR is not there for you. They are there no. to protect the company at all costs from getting sued. So yeah. yeah. But I is and as crappy as it is though, I almost think it's kind of like one of those I don't know if it's like a universe thing, but it's like it forces you to, okay, well, I can't do this. Now I've got to figure this other thing out. And it like almost yeah. forces you into like an entrepreneurship situation where it's like, well, I can't get a job. So it's just like, I got to do it my way. A hundred percent was that when I was in the parking lot, I mean, the asphalt was black and I just was, and the reason why I say that is because it was really hot that day. And I looked down when I threw my shirt and I just thought, I am never, ever, ever working for a nine to five corporate company ever again. I am never, I have always, I've always worked. I worked at Best Buy. I worked at Sports Chalet for four years. I worked at Target for multiple years. I worked at a family office. Like I was like, done. I'm like, this is it. Like yeah. I got to figure out how to make income, but let me file for unemployment first and like move off of that for a minute and we'll figure it out. I, I didn't know. I didn't have a plan. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurship journeys start that way because, but the, and another thing is what a lot of people don't know about entrepreneurship is once you stop working for somebody, you can't go back. No. <laughs> it's like, no, it's so oh. true. no, it is a hundred percent true. Um, yeah. My best friend the other day, we, we literally just had this conversation. She said something. Cause I'm like, yeah, I kind of have some downtime. And she's like, because like during the holidays, if you are a content creator, self-employed, you kind of like start to slow down with jobs and casting, right? And I'm like, well, towards the end of this year, like I have time now. She's like, well, would you think about maybe? I'm like, what? 
Oh, getting a job? Like, no, well, no way. No. I'm like, I'm going to chill in my home and I'm going to take care of my dog and <laughs> I'm going to enjoy and just kind of get things, you know, lined up for the beginning of the year. I'm like, but I could never go back to a corporate job again. Never. Yeah, it's yeah. it's awful. But I think there's going to be a big change soon. You hear all the things about like quiet quitting and coasting and like people are starting to wake up a little bit. So yeah. I definitely think the corporate model is going to change because Gary V called it. He's like, we had like the upcoming generation has options now. Everyone wants to be an influencer or a YouTuber. Well, that's another funny story too, because I think people get into it and realize how much work it actually is, and how I mean, you have that's to do another thing that I can. Yeah, think yeah, we'll yeah. get into that in a second. Yeah, I'm but like, yeah, I got something to say. <laughs> yeah. um, but and I know, like you, you talked about fitness as well, and it's like, have you always been into fitness, even with spina bifida? Like, when did you first? So, so I actually. Um... My background is, it's really complicated. Uh, and I just started like, it, it, my background's really complicated. When, um, so I was born premature off the bat. Uh, some of my organs were on the outside of my body, some. Um, and my L5 of my spine was exposed. So this is where all the damage comes from. All the complications come from. Um, I, from like right when I was born to like, 12, 13, it was just surgery after surgery. And what was happening was I would have a surgery. I would then go into recovery. I would then finally go home. I would then go into like a rehabilitation of like learning how to, you know, whether it be walk again or do things independently. And I, it was just like a rotation and it was mm. just one thing after another. So it took up most of my childhood. It took up most of, you know, a really large portion of my life. 20s came around and your girl was crazy. <laughs> your girl was like super crazy because my surgery started slowing down. I started realizing, you know, that I, I was strong and that I was able to be really independent and um, her personality on top of everything. <laughs> it was just like, Whoa. but, yeah. uh, you know, I still managed to keep a job and stuff, but no, like Fitness was never like, oh, I can't wake up. At, I cannot wait to wake up at four in the morning to run Zion half marathon and be up for, you know, 12 hours. Like it was never like that. But uh, my mom and my dad, when I was in like third, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, um, put me in like these little races. And of course, it's like, it's nothing. It's, it's really nothing. But I do like remember my mom would be like, okay, you got to cross that finish line. It was like 200 yard races, 500 yard. Like it was just like these little dash races. Yeah. Um, I would get like a little medal and I was just so happy. And uh, it was like a full circle moment when I started exercising after my 28th operation, because I was like, oh my God, like the joy that I felt then is like, now that I'm an adult, I was like 28 when I first started like really getting into fitness and, mm -hmm. you know, just, I was like, Oh, I feel the same way. <laughs> like it was really cool, but no, like I, I had never really had the opportunity to really grow up. That's why I say like a lot of times to my close friends is I've been able to live like the last nine years of my life. Like I'm just now living. Like I feel <sighs> mentally that like I'm young, I feel like I I got the energy and then like the body's like, mm, no, you don't. <laughs> but in my head, 
Uh, you know, like, but no, I, I didn't at all. I had no background, nothing. Man. So, but like you, you mentioned your surgeries, do you know how many, sur do you know how many surgeries you've had? Do you like over the course of a lifetime? No, I just, we've been like sticking to the number, like roughly around 28. We really have <laughs> because it's like, there was like exploratory surgeries. And then there was like a lot of my surgeries though, were to help me be independent like I am today. It's like they would move bones from the right side of my leg to move them to the left side to help me be stable. Hence why my left side is like super strong. My right side is not. Uh, but a lot of these surgeries too, like we just had this conversation the other day at UCLA, uh, which I hardly go to. My health is great. Uh, it's like, I don't think they really designed me to be at the age that I'm at now because all of my doctors, God rest their souls are all dead. Like all of them have passed. It's like, you got, yeah, you need those people that you see. That's, that's like a movie story, right? You need these yeah. people to fix you and they're gone. They're gone. They're, they're gone. I mean, I have one that is retired and the other two doctors are pediatricians, man. And it's because they were they were interns from the doctors that had previously passed, and that's the only reason why they've kept me on. You got to pull that guy out of retirement, and be like, "Hey, man, like I need you here, bud." For real, yeah. So, yeah, I I don't think they thought. I I really don't think. So if you are these painful procedures, because I don't like going to the dentist, I don't like going to the dot. Like I'm such a wuss. Like I mean, I, if they're moving stuff around like that, is it painful? So you know, I can vividly remember I had um, so due to spina bifida, many um individuals who have spina bifida um have something during their span of life a lifetime. Uh, it could ha either happen once or it could happen numerous times where the damage is on the spine. Um, so, so my you know, spinal cords run like this, right? Mm -hmm. Our normal spinal yeah. cords. Mine are like this. And then where the damage is at L5, which is like right about here, it's like, it's like a ball, like a rubber band that yeah. you get on the office max. It's like all of my cords are just intertwined. So what happens is something called tethered cord syndrome happens mm. because when you're growing those cords, a normal, it would just kind of stretch. It would go with the body, but because of the intertwined, um, you know, the ball, it, it's pulling because you can't grow. So it's causing issues is this cord affects your bladder. This cord afford, uh, you know, affects your movement on your right side. You know, each cord plays something individual. So what happens is each individual who has tethered uh, cord syndrome with spina bifida, something is affected. And what I was having, it was like really bad bladder issues. And they did a scan and they're like, you have tethered cords. So they basically go into that rubber band of where your damage is, where all your cords are, and they lift them and separate them and intertwine them. And they leave the other ones because it's just too complicated. So they release the tension. So I've had that three times. And what happened was the last time that that happened, it was a 19 hour surgery. I woke up in... Um, I see you. I remember waking up, not being able to speak because I had a tube in my throat and my mom was just sobbing. And that was like the first thing I saw. So in my head, I can't speak. I can't move. I'm on like an air bed because they opened up my back. So they have me certain positioned. 
And she was just like, I have to be honest with you. It's probably not the best thing she should have said, <laughs> but I think she was just a mess. She's like, they didn't finish the surgery. And I'm like, I'm like writing on a board. Like, what day is it? Like, what time is it? Because I can't speak. And she was like writing, like telling me. And I'm writing to her. And that surgery was never finished, but I haven't had complications. So... <laughs> That's like one surgery that like really was really hard. And then the last surgery that I had was like, it was like the icing. That was when I, you know, lost my job right after, uh, you know, months after the relationship ended. Uh, I had never in my life had a caretaker by the state come and take care of me. Yet alone, it, it was just the most like derogatory, like I am independent. I've always worked. I've always driven. I, I learned in a church parking lot at 15. Like I've always... And now I'm having to ask the state for help. And those mm. are the two surgeries the most that I like. The 28th one is the one that still affects me to this day. But uh, I just have a better way of like coping with it. You know, like you learn over time. And how does it affect you to this day? Um, Just pain, like abdomen pain. Um, certain things I can't eat. Um, it's like, I wish there was like a list of things that I could say that cause, you know, it's not, it's like hit or miss. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is like abdomen pain from them, like moving things around. Um, because if anybody follows you on Instagram and I'll put your handle, uh, below, but I, I, I remember you're, you're very open about it. Like there's ones where you're just like sobbing because you are just in like, uncontrollable pain where it almost looks like you can't even move yeah you're in so like oh yeah that i mean that has it's gotten better like it's gotten dramatically better but it's also but it's that the factor of that getting better is also how i deal with it like mm. how i switch a mind frame how i you know but um but also too because now i'm taking care of my mental health and i'm taking care of my physical health before it was like i couldn't catch up like i couldn't I couldn't go and work out after I just had a surgery. Like I, I couldn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. And what's the recovery process like after those surgeries? Is it almost like, yeah. Well, yeah. What's the recovery process like? I, I honestly cannot answer that because every surgery is so different. The 19 hour spine surgery, it took me, I mean, solid year and a year and a half. Like it was like, oh. it was just, just again, the, the mind really, if you have your mindset of I'm going to get out of this, I'm going to do whatever it takes to walk again or whatever it may be, the body follows. But I, I think that what was happening for a really long time was that I wasn't able to get caught up. There was no in between of, okay, I get to go enjoy life. It was just like surgery after surgery. And it was just like, that's why when my 28th surgery hit, all of those things happened in my life, the relationship, the job, but I was really trying to be active. It was just like, okay, here I am. <laughs> I'm, I this All these things are happening to me. I no longer need the nurse because I am getting my independence back. I just lost my job. The relationship sucks. Like, um, am I going to be uncomfortable and live like this? And just keep the same motion or am i going to really try to double down on exercising and just give it a shot and make still be uncomfortable because i mean who wants to wake up at six in the morning to run a five or a 10k and then and that's the thing is like you have to work yourself up so there was a process of me getting to that especially on crutches 
It wasn't mm-hmm. just like I woke up. I was like, oh, I can't wait to do a 5K today. It was like, oh, I made it two blocks. Yeah. Oh, I made it three blocks. It, it's just, yeah. <laughs> and when you said it, it sounds like you like the world was kind of like crumbling beneath you when all that stuff was happening. When I was in LA, you you kind of pick up on some like universe woo woo stuff. And one of my mentors says when that type of stuff is happening, that means your life is in for a big change. And it's like, I wish I would have known that now because he says instead of like resisting it and being like, oh my gosh, like the world is falling or the sky is falling. It's like you lean into it because something huge is about to change and i don't know if you believe in stuff like that and if you do did you cut like did that happen like what changed after that no it's funny because this is nowhere correlate correlation but i was telling my friend but it is at the same time i was telling my girlfriend again the other day i was like it was like um six o'clock and we were going out to dinner and i said man i you know i'm really tired like i I wish I knew the day that I was out at a club or drinking with friends that at like 12 p, you know, 12 a.m. Like, I wish I knew that last day of when that would be so uncomfortable and I would not, you know what I mean? Any party past 6, 7 p.m. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm home. Like, I wish I knew that day that it would switch over. And I don't, but... Um, <laughs> Still waiting. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, after the two drinks, like I can't have any more, but I used to be able to drink and go to work and function. And I wish I knew that day that it was, it switched. And I don't, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, make sure you let me know when that day comes. Cause I'm always curious. Yeah, on, yeah. On, but it all depends like where your beliefs and stuff are. I know, like I said, I picked up some woo woo stuff in, uh, in LA, but, uh, to go back to the fitness thing though, like those who don't see your stuff on your videos on TikTok and Instagram, like when we talk about fitness, I think just like the, an average person would just be like, oh yeah, go to the gym, walk around, maybe hop on the treadmill, maybe go outside, walk around. That is just not the case with you. It's like when you go on your Instagram, you're, you're like climbing up 15 foot ropes, doing <laughs> Spartan races, like stuff that like, just it's like hard stuff for anybody. Right. And you're just crushing it. I think, you know what, one of the, one of the grateful things that I, I really tried to remind myself and stick in the forefront is all of these surgeries, all of these, um, these times where I had to make really hard, difficult decisions. I mean, I was signing do not resuscitate forms by the time I was like 11. Like my mom and my dad were very like honest and open with like, hey, you're, we're here at the hospital. We know you're getting ready, you know, for surgery. Back then they would have you come a day before mm-hmm. you prepped. They would get you in your room that you would go back into after surgery. They would have you meet the staff. I mean, it's completely different now, but they would be like, okay, is this the choice that you want? Do you want to be resuscitated like if something happens and they were always very honest with me and the reason why I mentioned that is because all of these hard difficult things and I was having to make these choices really helped when I was trying to cross this 10k finish line when I was trying to cross a 15 14 hour race that we did in in Hawaii for Spartan or when I went to Red Bull and you know, climbed up a ski ski mountain only using my upper body. Like that is when it was like, wow, what I went through has really helped me 
you know, change my mind frame and just it's worked in my favor. Like I'm mentally strong. So this is why I'm able to mentally and keep moving forward. Have you ever read the book Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins? Cause no. no, he's a Navy no. SEAL. He's a, you got to read it or get it on audiobook. Like yeah, he's yeah. a Navy SEAL and he talks about doing all these races. But like he talks about how, I guess, right before he got into the military, he needed to lose like 100 pounds in three months and he did it. Ooh. And like he does all these like Spartan, or not Spartan races, he's like, super ultra marathon or crazy people stuff. And he talks about like, he finishes them with like broken ankles and like torn shit, like taping himself up and he's like running on broken legs. It is ridiculous. And that wow. just kind of, it just kind of reminds me of like how, like just kind of what you were saying. That's why I was just curious. Cause it's like, you have to, I feel like now you've developed that mentality of just that, just like you gotta, it's one of those, you just gotta do it. But yeah was it always that strong or no. did, did you develop it over time? No, I want to say, you know, like I previously mentioned, like my twenties is when I was like, okay, things are slowing down. But prior to that, like I had, um, the state came in one time because I had taken too many pills and we know what's happening there. Mm. And I was just like, I'm checked out. Like, I don't want to be here. This is what's happening ambulance came state came in took away my rights they were like you we have you have to go through you know an evaluation process now like why are you having such uh, you know why are you feeling so depressed like what's going on and i'm just like standing there going are you serious like you don't see like what i'm going through like you know what i mean and i get that they the state has to ask that and go through the you know but it was just like you know i was like 17 18 19 years old and it was like I could not have a mirror in my house. I could never, my first apartment, I didn't even have a mirror. I could not, I did everything I possibly could when I would go on dates to hide that I had a disability, which makes no freaking sense because you look at me and you can see I have a disability. So I don't know what I was thinking. Like, hello. Maybe they won't notice this one yeah. time. Yeah. It's like, if I close my eyes, they won't know. Like, I don't know. But it was just like, it was like a multitude of things. I didn't meet anybody with my disability until my early 20s. So imagine walking around, not seeing anybody with your type of crutches, your type of leg braces. Nobody, I couldn't go online and be like, hashtag spina bifida. Oh, wait, there's a multitude of people. Great. My mom, she can have, you know, a, a join a Facebook group of mothers. No, I mean, if I didn't meet anybody until I was in my early 20s who had spina bifida, neither did my mom. Hmm. So here we are just trying to navigate, not having any blueprint, any support. I was making some really bad decisions when I was young. I was. <laughs> and uh, we, we, I feel like we all do, but I just, and you don't have to go into the details if you don't want, but I'm sure there's other people listening who yeah. may be going through what yeah, you yeah. were going through. What I said, I just want to be, I just want to yeah, be yeah, kind of yeah. careful how I ask this, but it's like, what was like the straw that broke the camel's back for you to just take all those pills? Um, so this had actually happened a couple of times. So the state was like, hello, you have a record. <laughs> like, oh, you, so, so it wasn't yeah. just that once. It, it was more than like once. Yeah. Like the second oh. time they were like, okay, red flag, red flag. Like 
you're not mixing your meds on accident here. Like you don't need someone to control and distribute mm-hmm. it. Like you are actively trying to harm yourself. And I think, um, I think it was just, I, it was a multitude of things, but again, I, it was really, I was so incredibly alone because it was like, I had all these questions I wanted to ask somebody who had my disability, but I had nobody to ask. And then you're at a really like, even in your twenties, I mean, for me, I was still at that age where I was still a little embarrassed to ask my mom. I was Mm. still, you know, and she was going, I mean, there's living life, like they're learning life too. And it's like, you know, they had their own stuff going on as well. And I think it was just like, it was a mixture between that. It was a mixture of not, of not accepting who I was. I could not, like I can today, stand in front of a mirror and be like, damn, that jacket looks great on you. It was like, I'm ugly. I don't belong. I don't, um, I'm not worthy. Like I have a crappy job because no one wants to give me a shot because it's all these things. And, you know, at that age too, you're like new into dating. Like you should be like, you know, like having fun and nobody wanted to date me. Like nobody, even with my personality. And it was, wasn't because that I was disabled. It was because of the way that I was coming off of, I wasn't in acceptance of that. I wasn't in acceptance of me. It wasn't because I had a disability why I wasn't going on dates. It was because I couldn't stand full and be like, I am beautiful today. It was just like a multitude of things. There's like not one specific thing. Yeah. And they, and I can't remember where I heard it, but they say like that way is like the worst thing you could do. And like, it's super painful. Did you, did you experience that? Yeah. So the last time it happened, I remember. So if you read this one ever in my book, act surprised, like, oh, I've never heard this. Like, (laughs) wow, this is so like, you know, but So I, I, I think it was like, literally like it was a fresh bottle. It was like 200. And I remember just grabbing whatever I had in my shelf to drink. And I had, um, seen uh, an ex that I was with for uh, quite some time and he was with his new chick. And I, I had, my parents were a really, I know we mentioned, I won't say go into major details, but my parents were like a really hardcore religion. And in my early 20s, I was like, I'm done. I am not allowed to be my true authentic self. I'm not, I'm under all of these restrictions on top of all of these obstacles that I face having a disability. So I'm getting it from every angle, like literally every angle. And you're telling me that I can't hang out with so-and-so because they're not your religion, which I am because I'm living under your roof. So once I like moved out early 20s, I was like, I'm separating myself. And the consequence of that is severe, like severe. It is like, we cut you off. We don't talk to you. That's our mechanism to get you to come back because you're lonely, because you miss us. And here I am in a relationship that ends after a couple of years. This is what's going on here with my family. The relationship ends. I go to a function. He's there with his girlfriend, new girlfriend. And it's like so much is just like, just kind of like caving in. I can't get ahead because I don't have support. It's like all these things. So I take as much as I can. And I had just moved into this apartment. Um, And I could literally feel I was sitting on this brown, ugly couch that I had. And I had like this bulky coffee table and I put the pills on the coffee table. I sat on the couch and I was like, okay, well, when does this work? Like, great. Like this, is this going to happen now? Is this going to like, and it was like, 
I just kind of was like waiting after like taking like 200 pills and nothing happens. So then I'm like, <gasps> so then I start panicking and I remember it. Like I was like sitting on the couch, looking around going, okay, I didn't drop and this is going to take a second. So this is going to be probably really painful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so I didn't know what to do. And I I didn't call 911. I, by the time I got my old Nokia phone <laughs> that, that had snake on it, I, uh, I like called my mom, which she wasn't supposed to be, you know, interacting with me to the extent that she did. And she picked up the phone. It was like three in the morning. And she happened to live, they lived only a few blocks away. And she said that she could, from that point out, I don't remember too much, but she was just like, I could hear it in your voice that something was wrong. Mm. And I feel like it was literally just like a split second and she was there. I felt like it was like Superman, like just flew in. And like, by the time she got there, I just remember being in the ambulance and then tying my hands together shoving a tube down my right night down my nostril pumping my stomach with charcoal and i was just like all over myself and this cop with the clipboard is like talking to my mom as she's crying and this other cop is like reading me my rights so again it's like chaos what a what a what, like a roller coaster of emotion <laughs> man <laughs> it's like pure chaos and then in my head i'm like so grateful that i'm alive but on the other end, I'm like, here I am presented with all of this trauma and like chaos. And now I'm kind of upset that this was the not the best way. So then I'm angry. It was just like, it was so overwhelming. And yeah, like they, they put me into like some unit and I went through the process. And the only reason why I was able to get out when I got out was because my mom really, really advocated for me that she would be like watching and taking care of me. Was it a, when you found out that you were going to live and I, and there's only a couple things I just want to touch on real quick is just kind of like how you felt when you were like, you knew that you were going to live. Was it a mix of emotions? Was it relief? Was it anger? Cause yeah, it was everything. It was angry that this was probably not the best way what is wrong with you? Like, what are you doing with your life, MSD? Um, hi, mom. It's nice to meet you after you've disowned me. Like, yeah. I'm so grateful you came to the rescue, but at the same time, you had to wait for it to get to this bad. Um, yeah. It was a, a mixture of everything of like, oh, great. I survived but at the same time. I'm like, great. I'm alive. But it, it was just a multitude of everything. And, and then what a you like switch over because you're being booked. You're not going to jail, but you're being booked into it like a mental institution. Mm -hmm. Kern County mental. Nobody, first of all, wants to be in Kern County. <laughs> Secondly, you do not want to be in Kern County in a mental institution. It is not the Four Seasons, <laughs> like, it, you know, and it was just like, oh, my God, like, what did I get myself into? Like, yeah. And, yeah. And, the, and like I said, this is the last question because I'm just trying to like yeah, paint yeah. the picture here. Uh, as far as like when you first took them all, like when you downed everything, was it like a feeling of what did I just do and like kind of preparing for the end or like what? I remember, I know this isn't the same thing, but I saw an interview of the guy who jumped off of the 
Golden Gate Bridge. And he said, you know, as soon as he jumped, it was like immediate regret, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you just don't know what's going to happen. It's like, so I, that, and then, yeah. So I'm just curious when they went, you know, you took everything, like what was the next immediate feeling? I just remember sitting on this ugly brown couch that I had. And I just remember just taking it all. And I think my immediate, from what I remember was I, 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 I don't think, I didn't think it through. Um, <laughs> my brain didn't register to what was happening because it was a slow process of me losing the ability to talk me losing the, my strength, me losing everything. Um, I think I was just like really, really scared. Like I was like really scared. And if you ask my mom today, she will say the same thing. I could see the fear in your eyes of like, what did I do? But yeah. I, I mean, I'm grateful nothing happened because now I have a great, I have a wonderful life and I'm happy. And, and I Lola, like, yeah, I got, <laughs> I got the best dog ever. And like, I'm looking to adopt another dog. Like what oh. the world? Like, <laughs> You can't cheat on Lola like that. What are you no, talking right. about? <laughs> She's right uh, like, yeah. <laughs> and if you, yeah. And if you, and I know you went, obviously you've gone through so much and I know you're such a huge advocate for stuff like this. Do you have people reaching now that you have a platform? Do you have a lot of people like reaching out to you with like very similar stories and very similar pathways? So there has been over time, you know, over over the last like seven years is like when I really started like eight years now we'll go eight years eight years of I like really started like living my life putting myself out there you know being I'm more honest now than I was two years ago I, and it's come with time and it's come with learning and you know uh, more of acceptance and I think the more that it is happening yes yes I have I have a lot of girls that will message me from you know from from Instagram or whatever social media platform and they're like I have a disability, but I don't know how to communicate that to somebody. I don't know. I don't want people to know, or I have tried to do this. And um, it, it is a lot of similar sim similarities. It's a lot. Um, but every, every case is different. And I'm grateful that we have tech, we have social media that we can use in such a positive way to connect and read stories and watch reels. And, you know, I wish I was, I really wish I had that. Yeah. And if, is there any story that sticks out to you, uh, whether you want to tell it or use their name or you don't have to use their name, but is there a specific person who's reached out to you that it was like, that story has just stuck with you forever? Um, I want to say every one of them that I've heard or that I still, I mean, I still receive a couple of DMs. I mean, even like the last couple of weeks, um, there's something I take from every one of them. Because there is a similarity, but there's also a couple of things different. And I have somebody who is a, her her family is a certain religion, and it's not it, it's not natural. It's it's not something that they 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 talk about that that they have they've had a child that a grown child in her mid twenties who has a disability. So now she is forced because she's had no other examples, and she's afraid to be vocal about having a disability. So she hides it and she can hide it to a certain degree. And I, it's like, I, I see things like that. And I just think, man, like if you, like we are, 
our community is so open and so like willing to help and like, so like accepting, like if you were just to be honest with yourself and come to us, like instead of behind closed doors, literally asking questions, like you're asking me because you're too afraid to post, like, I don't know, things like that stick with me because I was that person who didn't have that opportunity. And now that I have the opportunity to go to somebody who, who has my disability or connect I, it's just, it's a blessing. I just, I look at examples like that of not to go back to that mind frame. And if you, um, yeah, sorry, I got lost. I get lost in my own interviews sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, uh, with these stories, did you ever, did you ever think that this, to, like you were kind of going to be almost like this poster child person where people like look up to you and are, you know, you give them inspiration or motivation at any point? Did you think mm -hmm. that you would be where you are today? No, I could barely help myself. I mean, that was furthest from my mind. That was absolutely furthest from my mind over time because I kept trying, because I kept putting myself out there, because I kept speaking up. I slowly started to see that it kind of was changing. And by me putting myself out there, whether it be racing or, you know, messaging brands or messaging people, individuals, um, you know, for advice, for help who are older, who have my condition, who have something similar, um, I saw it to slowly start to change. It, it wasn't an overnight thing, but no, I, I never thought about that. I mean, I, I could barely, no, I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what are some of the new challenges that you are facing now? New challenges in regards to like myself or? Yeah, like mental, mentally, physically, like I said, because I mean, looking on the outside and if anyone saw, you know, like you said, Instagram is everybody's yeah. highlight reel. They think you've got it all and everything's all oh, hunky dory. And no. it's like you've just evolved so much as a person. So I'm just wondering what new life challenges or what new challenges is life put in front of you now? So right now I am becoming and I, I'm catching myself and sometimes it's happening during that exact moment or it's happening a day or two later after I have already kind of caused this um, this negativity over the situation or whoever's in my circle at that time. And then I have to go back and apologize or, you know, make amends somehow is I'm, I'm noticing now I am becoming frustrated with getting dressed. I am getting frustrated with not being able to grab my shoes, throw them on and run out. Like I can't do that. There's a process for me to get dressed. I need so much time. It's And it's not really a lot. Like there are other individuals who have disabilities who have a caretaker that have to wait. They have to wait for to get dressed. I'm still independently able to do that. I'm still very independent. It's not that. It's just that like I'm noticing that I get really frustrated that, oh, okay, I have to put my jeans on, getting on the floor. I can't put my foot in, my leg into the jeans. I can't put my right leg in because it doesn't want to lift. Like, I, it's like I have to adapt and maneuver. And sometimes I have, I'm around friends who don't consider that sometimes. And they're like, let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm coming. Yeah. And then it's like, I get frustrated. And then it's like, you're half dressed or, and you don't want them to be, you know, behind. And it, it's just, 
And sometimes it's not like planned out where we know we're leaving at a certain time or, you know, it's like spurred the moment. Like I'm, I'm becoming frustrated with that. And I'm really working currently on like ways that I can work on that better because I get really tense. And how are you? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like anything else. Like when you get in those type of positions, I'm always curious to anybody, um, how they get out of like that funk where it almost feels like either the sky is falling or you're just frustrated almost, you know, and you can't get out of that funk. How have you like, how have you gotten out of it? So far I am realizing when I'm becoming frustrated with getting dressed, like I'm starting to recognize it, like the signs of like my jaw is getting tense. I'm like getting really frustrated that I can't pair something together. There was an outfit I really wanted to pair the other day. I lost it. I lost my shit. I was like looking at a picture on Pinterest of this model. He was wearing this outfit and I could have sworn I had everything in my closet to make this outfit. Like I pinned it. I was like, I'm going to wear this. I'm going to go out. I bought this top off Amazon to like complete the look. Yeah. It looked nothing. <laughs> looked nothing yeah. like the model. So then I'm like left with like these items that I bought and some that I have in my closet and I'm so frustrated and it's work. It's not working because it's not, it's, it's not accessible. It's not like the zipper. I, you know, a lot of my zipper, it's a whole nother thing. But it's like certain zippers work, certain zippers don't work. Like I'm four four. I can't just go and get a pair of jeans and be like, oh, here's my jeans. They're not, they're dragging. Like things have to be altered. And I had really hoped that that was going to be how it was online when I saw the picture and it wasn't. And I'm just like really just taking note of certain signs of when I become frustrated and just saying, you know what? We're going to go back to the drawing board and we're just going to wear what we have and we're going to be confident in that. And but that's how it is. We'll plan better next time. Do you think it's maybe a surface level issue maybe? And there's like a bigger issue as far, cause like I hear what you're saying and I could just, I'm just trying to put myself in, in your shoes. Cause I've done the same thing. And that's how I yeah. find styles too, is like Pinterest. Right. And then you get everything, you get the boots, you get the jeans, yeah, you get yeah, the jacket, yeah. da, 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 da. And then you're like, why don't I look like the guy with perfect hair and like the step and yeah. like the perfect is like this outfit doesn't look as great as I thought it does, but I'm just, and like you said, tell me if I'm wrong. Is there like an underlying issue to that? Or is it just, you're just frustrated? Cause I think the underlining issue, if, 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 if I were to say that there is an underlining issue off the top of my head would be that I am getting older and I have a disability. There's no lay, there's no plan, there's no guide, there's nothing, no book that I can open up and be like, okay, I'm now in my early 30s and this is what is going to, this is your, your plan of how you're going to live with a disability. This is the layout, this is what you follow, everything, you know, you follow this and, you know, life will be grand. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm getting older and I'm starting to notice a little bit of pain here and I'm getting frustrated that I can't express my style because I'm so limited. I am invited to an, a, a party where everybody wears white. Well, I can't, I have to go and pick the outfit, get the thing, get it altered, have it fit. Have It's, it's, it's a process. So your <laughs> invite that you sent me two weeks ago is now something that 
I can't do. Yeah. It didn't take two weeks to alter something. Like it takes time, you know? Especially so, in LA. Like. Yeah. So I think it's just like a, a mixture of everything. You know, when you get older too, I mean, I, I think you like to express yourself with style and you, you're just, you're so limited. Yeah. I can't Google and be like, um, can I uh, address for someone who is four or four? Uh, that's fashionable. Nothing like that's going to come out there. I mean, stuff is moving in that way, but not to this extent. Yeah. And I, and I, once again, with the, I asked this respectfully, but it's like, if there were a genie to grant you the wish of not, of not having spina bifida and not having a disability, do you, yeah. would you change it? Would you take no. him up on it or? Nobody's ever asked me that. No, because I, first of all, I'm Latina. <laughs> I, my family's really tall. I mean, look at my hand, like really tall. I have long, dark hair. Okay. My family's really tall. I got a crazy attitude. I'm very outgoing. I would be have broke. I would have broken so many hearts all over town. I would have just been the worst troublemaker and just, I would have been a heartbreaker. And I just, no, that with that would come a lot of responsibility. So no. It was like, God's the universe. God's like, let's humble you a little. Let's just, you know, like, no, because no. And okay. plus, mental toughness, like, it really does help me in life. Like, aside from that, like, going back, it really does. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just, I was just curious. And then it's like, maybe if it was like, if it was one wish, maybe to just to not be in so much pain. Yeah. If it was something like that. Yeah. Like be able to put my shoes on and not have to like get on the floor, put my leg braces on, put my socks on, put my leg braces on, put the shoe on, which I put my shoes on backwards. So I use my fingers to feel the shoe and then tie the laces. So yeah, it would be like, okay, put, let's go. <laughs> and I don't have you, and I know this is kind of an oddball question too, that I just thought of, do you have inventors reaching out to you for certain things? Cause I've already thought of like a thousand, like you do these, I've already thought of like a thousand inventions. Like I know you have, I, we've talked about it a while ago, but with like your crutches, they don't have like sport ones, right? Like you have yeah. your crutches, but you're doing them, um, you're doing these Spartan races and they're not meant for like that kind of like wear yeah. and tear or certain shoes or certain clothes or like, I know you have a lipstick line, but that I'm talking about for like day to day yeah. stuff. Cause I mean, I don't know. Have, has anybody ever reached out to you for like, anything like that? So yes and no so what has been what 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 happens is is so we've been building crutches i'm looking at them right now i have a pair of crutches that have springs so you know when i when you're when you're running athlete no disability when you're running a race the impact in your shoe your foot it's i mean it takes it takes a lot right like you have to have good insoles you have to have good shoes Cause you get blisters if you don't and you know all these foot issues if you're a runner an avid runner um so what was happening was when i was doing these races after a multitude of races is my 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 wrists were killing me because the impact hmm. and there was nothing to bring me back up like a spring so when i would hit the ground it would lightly bring lightly take off the pressure and just 
kind of just jolt me a little. Um, so we've been working on that, but the problem is with all of, you know, with just mentioning that is designing something like that is you're looking at uh, not, not only at cost, but you're looking at what type of aluminum you're looking at what type of parts, where are those parts coming from? How much are these parts coming from? Are they going to be able to endure mud? Are they going to be able to endure, um, how, how long is the testing on this? Like, I mean, we had a pair of crutches. My my adaptive designer that I work with was literally here this week. This week, last week, we went right outside my building. I think I even have the video. Brand new pair of crutches that she designed and they broke in one, they literally broke in one second. And I said, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. It's It's easier for me to say, we need this. This is what we need. But there are just so many factors. Yeah. That are like... <laughs> The thing oh. is, the thing is, though, if one of those ideas hits, know, like Shark Tank hits, I yes, you're you're in a good spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so to answer that long question, <laughs> um, no companies don't reach out to me in regards to buying to to building such, but I am doing consulting. I'm doing a lot of consulting. I finished a job yesterday. I finished a job um a couple of weeks ago that i can talk about and it's like brands are now like oh oh wait we need to make products for the disability community not only because it makes us look good but because it also sells so who do we go to oh wait we go to those who are disabled yeah I, feel, <laughs> yeah, I feel it because, yeah, I mean, to do the product research on something like that, I mean, would I feel like you just ask who has or ask who use crutches and you get it that way. But like you just need to, I feel like just need to maybe find an engineer, maybe even like Elon Musk or something. I feel like if you like send Elon him a tweet right now on Twitter, yeah, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a little caught up. <laughs> And maybe since you are on TikTok, there is a, I, ha, I'm, I was looking it up because I couldn't think of his name. There is a guy, he's got 6 million followers on TikTok. His, um, his handle is Unnecessary Inventions. And he comes up with like Unnecessary invention. You got to check it. It's biz it is ridiculous. Yeah, but you tag it. You never know what these people are coming up with. I was. I'm the idea guy, so I can't help you there. Yeah. But um, I just think that would be really interesting because, like I said, if you can get something like that oh, yeah. and patent that, you are <laughs> you <laughs> garçon. You may never have yeah, to put your like, shoes on yeah, again. Yeah. yeah. Could you help? Could you put my, thank you. Trying to put my shoes on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean. <sighs> Yes and no to that question. Um, if we're talking about this subject, uh, when COVID hit, the races stopped. Mm. The races stopped. The Have races they started back up? or? Yeah, yeah, they started back up, but I did start back up. Ah. So, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I know there was like a lot of pressure in the beginning for me was – what, you're not racing anymore? Like, what, why aren't you competing anymore? Like, I was one of the top – I mean, I was making good money being an athlete. I was making really good money by wearing a logo. Like it was, it was great. Like I was You're like, bring money. that back, please. Yeah, it, it's not that it, it it stopped because COVID hit and everyone's life got turned upside down. And then I was kind of like forced. I was forced into the situation of, okay, 
the races, the gyms are closed. There's underground gyms. If you get caught at these underground gyms, someone takes a picture, shows you on social media, everyone's going to turn their back on you who doesn't believe that you should be. Like, it was really bad. You Like, nobody can deny that. Yeah. Um, and I'm a pretty easy person to spot. So, uh, you know, it came down to that because I was faced with that situation where there were underground gyms. But there was also people paying attention to who went those who who were going and making those, you know, anonymous phone calls of, hey, there's a gym going on. Isn't that, ridi isn't that ridiculous? It was like R literally happening. And I was seeing people that I knew from the race community making bragging about making these calls. And I couldn't put myself in that position. And then my dad passed away from COVID. So then I'm like here in California dealing with this for like three months because we we couldn't we couldn't bury him because of the 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 traffic of just so many people in line to be buried so then we had to keep that for almost two and a half months just chilling like literally so we're dealing with that and then the state comes in and says you're disabled we've been helping you with your health care because you have uh, a disability from birth but you can apply for this because your dad has paid so much into the system that there's something called survivor benefits. So then they take you off this that you've had since you were 18. There's no gyms. There's no races. You, you know, like you have all these restrictions. Your dad passes away. There's money that you can't, you can access. They deny you. The state writes me a letter, says that I am not disabled by any means, that there's nothing wrong with me. I think I posted the letter on Instagram and it said like I like my disability did not qualify, but this is the same state that deemed me disabled at 18 and has been paying for my health care for the last Gotta love the system. So here I am getting a lawyer in the middle of COVID, fighting for my benefits that my dad left me. It's already there. The money's already there. This isn't money having to be found from somewhere. This is a pool of something my dad left for me so that I'm having to prove to the state fight with the lawyer uh, my mental health like all this stuff so I'm like forced to what am I going to do for income so I'm like I'm in this mind frame again of when I took off a red shirt in a parking lot at Queen Mary of going okay well now I have a little bit more of a foundation here like okay I got a roof over my head this time like I'm in a semi-solid relationship and what do I do? So I'm like, okay, the brands that I was working with, let me get a hold of them, let them know I'm not competing, but I do have the ability to help them design. Hmm. And it just kind of like evolved. And I started getting into consulting. Like I'm literally consulting for like major brands. Um, and it just started like evolving. Like I just finished a project a couple of weeks ago and like to see the finished product, to see it on a website, I was like, holy like, I think I like doing this. Like, I didn't, I wouldn't even think about it. I really wouldn't. That was furthest from my mind. Yeah. And, and did you hustle to get these opportunities or did I know you have agents and things like that? Did they bring it across your table or is it like a mix between the two? Uh, it's a mix between the two because, because I had built a name 
of oh that's misty diaz or oh if you're in, you're you're disabled do you want to you know you want to you know walk or run whatever a 5k talk to misty she can help you with the plan like there was all these things there was you know world news there was you know um, shape magazine that i was on there was i mean multiple articles of magazines that i've been in i had slowly started to build that name so when stuff kind of shifted and you're like oh we can work from home now like oh you can actually get work done from home um the industry on my side was kind of like, what can our talent do from home? Like, because my auditions were being, my auditions are now are still at home. I set up my tripod. It's the best. Time. It's the yeah. best thing ever. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, I don't drive into Hollywood. Wait. I know. Anybody who hasn't auditioned and I at home. Oh my God. So did I, when I used to live there, it was awful. I will ne no, I won't. Unless I know that I'm like really solid to get this job, mm. I will not do it. Yeah. And with like all the working with all these brands and getting all these followers and becoming like an internet sensation, like what would you say your, your why is right now? Like, um, why are you doing what you're doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why? Because I understand what it's like not to have somebody to relate to. I understand what it's like to not have the ability to pull clothing from a rack at a department store online and be able to get it and put it on immediately. I understand what it's like to not, um, I, I just, I understand. And there's ways that we can, if there's ways that I can implement change now while I have the time and the energy and do good for the world and for the disability community, because here's the thing, like Mindy from Runway of Dreams said, and this has always stuck with me, at some point in our life, every one of us will become disabled at some point. You are going to have a hard time when you're older putting shoes on. Do you think you're going to go to the shoe that is really hard for you to put on that wasn't so hard to put on originally? But there's a shoe that is something similar that is easier for you to put on because there's Velcro. Yeah, you're going to be in your 70s, 80 years old, and you're going to be like, this shoe with the Velcro, that's pretty cool. I'm going to choose that because I can't bend down. So mm -hmm. if we create this now, the next generation is going to have such a solid platform and so much more that they can go off of. Yeah. And I would totally end it there. That was such a good like way to end it. But I, I've just got one last question. <laughs> and it's like, so like, what would you say? Cause there's a lot of people who are in your position as well. And I don't know what would you, let's just say like you're in like a car going to the airport windows down, you're in the back seat, and they're like running towards you. Like Misty, I've been following you. Like, I love what you do. Uh, but I'm, you know, having X, Y, Z problem. What would be like the one piece of advice you would give that person? Mm. Ooh, that's a hard one. I think it just goes back to like, why are we making excuses? Like, w why? I, I don't, I don't understand. Like we have like now we, I don't know if I'm going to have tomorrow. What can I do right now? Okay, I can start with this. Great. Let's start there. Like it's it's just I don't I just I, I, I it's a really hard question man because I don't I don't understand why people I've been in that mind frame of I'll get to it later 
or that's going to be a bucket list, or, you know, we'll work on that sometime in the future. Why are we waiting? Like, honestly, ask yourself that. Why? Is it money? Okay. So you draw out a plan. How to get from point A to point B? Because I'm pretty sure that you telling me this, you don't have anything on pen to paper. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I just, that, that's a really hard question to answer. Yeah. Well, you can, I'm sure you'll answer it a million times over because I'm sure yeah. I'll ask you on social, but for people who do want to follow you online, where can they find you? Uh, L-I-L, so Little Misty Diaz, L-I-L-M-I-S-T-Y Diaz, D-I-A-Z. Type in anything on Google Misty Diaz. I will put, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you are, you know, you see one of the shorts or anything from on YouTube or TikTok or this, like I said, we'll chop it up into a million pieces, but in the description, you will be able to find all of her in info. Misty, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate I'm so it. Grateful we finally did this. <laughs> I know. It's only been five years. Seven years, but okay. I I wish we could post the text thread. Do you have any times it's yeah, like, I think yeah, we like, do. I have to, like, I swear. I think I will, I will screenshot it. If I have it, yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>